0: Welcome to the Human Theatre, a safe space teamed with an abundance of exploration about what it means to be a human in this world. Optimal health is your birthright and should not be a luxury. Knowing how your body works and understanding everything that relates to your human experience comes with the package. My name is Kelsey Buchholter. And I am here to dive deep into all things mental and physical health, longevity, nutrition, human consciousness, creativity, and more. Join me in normalizing the concept of what it means to be a human and the importance of being you. Enjoy the show. Hello, humans. My name is Kelsey. I am a singer-songwriter, actor, dancer, nutrition advisor, health coach, and your host. And welcome to the 41st show housed in the Human Theatre. You have heard me speak many times about the pillars of health. And these include things like sleep, nutrition, movement, having a purpose, community, creativity, mindset, etc. Having pillars, or tenants of health, help us view life through a holistic lens. Because, well, there are so many factors at play all the time when it comes to anything relating to our physical and emotional health. And today's guest is someone doing amazing work by practicing therapy through a holistic lens. Nuran Felix is a trauma-focused psychotherapist and has extensive experience working with early childhood trauma, addiction, and PTSD. She completed her psychology degree at the University of Cape Town in South Africa and has a postgraduate certification in EMDR, CBT, and integrative psychology. Neuron follows an holistic approach to recovery and is a RYT 200-hour certified yoga teacher and meditation instructor. Working as a psychotherapist, she started noticing patterns and could see clearly that the most effective tools for helping clients was an integrated approach. Trying to heal only from the level of the mind simply didn't work. This motivated her to focus on a therapeutic approach that combines the strengths of Western psychotherapy with alternative healing tools. This is how SomaticTherapy.co was born. For the past few years, Nuran has been based in Asia. She's worked at various treatment centers including The Cabin and The Dawn. Nuran is part of the Daughters Rising Team, a women's empowerment anti-sex trafficking organization. These days, she commits most of her free time to organizing online trainings and healing retreats. Today, I had the honor of interviewing Neuron, and I cannot wait to share our conversation with you. Before I get on to today's show, I'd like to remind you of your special 10% discount on any Oxford HealthSpan product. Oxford Healthspan are doing important work in bringing to the market high-quality, effective, bioavailable, and science-backed botanical compounds that harness the body's innate ability to repair, renew, and promote vigorous longevity and increased healthspan. I interviewed the founder, Leslie Kenny, on episode 6, and I highly recommend you give it a listen if you haven't yet done so. So when you enter KELSEY, K-E-L-S-E-Y, all in capitals, as the discount code at checkout, you will receive a 10% discount. Another exciting announcement is that I have teamed up with Nutrition Network. Nutrition Network is an online accredited education, connection, and learning platform founded by the Noakes Foundation, in partnership with an esteemed team of doctors and scientists. The platform has been designed exclusively for healthcare practitioners across all disciplines, covering the latest and most up-to-date science and research in the field of low-carb nutrition. As a Nutrition Network Nutritional Advisor and Ambassador, you can enroll in any of their incredible courses using the link in the show notes. If you are a medical professional or someone just interested and you want to enhance your practice and life, actively be on the pulse with all the latest research, be involved in an international community and be lectured by the world's leading doctors, coaches and researchers in the field of nutrition, look no further. A link will be in the show notes. I also want to disclose that the content shared on this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It should not be taken as medical advice. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed medical practitioner. And without further ado, here's my chat with Nuran Felix. Nuran Felix, welcome to the Human Theatre Podcast. Thank you for having me. So before we dive deep, we were having such an amazing pre-chat and mm-hmm. I don't want I don't want miss to miss out on it. So I just before we begin, do you mind telling the audience where in the world you are currently speaking to us from?
1: I am speaking to you from Bali, Indonesia.
0: I am so jealous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: you we were beginning to chat on how we connected and I don't know if you want to maybe just elaborate a bit more on, you know what brought us here today
1: so we have actually never met this is our first um, internet meeting and um, the way that I came to know about you and to be introduced to you was through your best friend Lata and we happened to sit next to each other on a flight from Cape Town to Dubai and she was on her way to Europe and I was on my way back to Bali my home for the past few years and I um, noticed an aura ring on her hand. And for me, it was just so interesting to see a woman wearing an aura ring because I've seen lots of men wearing aura rings. And just for the sake of clarity, an aura ring is a device that captures um, heart rate variability, how much um, what's your resting heart rate. it, it, it also monitors your sleep. It's it sort of it's just one of those, really, it's one of these new, devices that are really good at monitoring what's happening with the body physiologically. And I noticed that and I just struck up a conversation with her because I wear Whoop and the Whoop sort of does the same thing, but it's a little bit more for an active lifestyle. And from there, we just spoke about everything for most of the flight. And it was a very enlightening conversation about health, diet, the human need for belonging to a tribe and what that looks like in today's modern society. And um, yeah, basically everything and anything we spoke about. And shortly afterwards I arrived back in Bali and she messaged me to say that she's been speaking about our conversation and she wanted to introduce the two of us. So yeah, so that's how fast forward about a month later and here we are having a conversation.
0: It's incredible. The synchronicities of life. So Lotta and I had met when I I went to um, the biohacking summit in Helsinki last year, and that's where Lotta and I connected. And um, yeah, we're very like-minded, extremely passionate about all things mental and physical health optimization, specifically through the lens of ancestral health. And When she um, elaborated on her trip from Cape Town to Doha, I was like, no, no, no. I need to get you on the show. So again, thank you so much for your time. And I think maybe also to start, maybe you want to share a bit of your backstory and what brought you to Bali from Cape Town.
1: Um, So I've been outside of South Africa for about 12 years now. Um, I'm a UCT graduate. I studied psychology, went through that whole path. And for a while, I sort of, I lost some faith in it because it, it didn't feel like it was on the ground effective. There was a lot of these theories by older white men who um, just had an air of knowing everything. But I thought to myself, I know, I know what real problems look like. I know what these situations really look like. And some of these prescribed ways of dealing with it I just don't see this as being effective right and I did a double major I majored in psychology and social work and I found the social work to be more um, maybe more hands-on more effective but it was also not exactly the most fulfilling um, career choice so what I did for a short while is that I got involved in other more body focused practices. I, um, at 19, I got really into meditation and yoga. Um, when I graduated, I took some time off. I spent some time in India. I did a yoga teacher training. I've done multiple silent retreats. Um, lots of different ways of trying to optimize the human experience. And then I came just sort of full circle to like yes, I do believe in therapy, but it's just I just had to find my own way of doing it. So before coming to Bali, I was I was living in Thailand and I was working in the rehabs as a um, as a therapist there, and I just started to notice some real patterns where. When I had a more body focused approach using breath work, lifestyle changes, um, changes in what you eat, how you move, it was the results just spoke for themselves. The results were incredible. And so then I decided for my own personal private practice that that was all that I wanted to do. I wanted to have a focus purely on not just talk therapy but combining it with body focused therapies like EMDR and somatic experiencing and integrating that also just with whatever else is available to each individual because all of our lives look differently, right? So for each person, there's a different way to optimally find a way to move better, eat better, sleep better, socialize better. And yeah, um, I did that for a while. And in a clinical setting, what I came to find was that it was really when you're working at an inpatient center, almost everyone you speak to, you're pulling them out of the depths of hell, right? Because things have to go really sort of south for you to put yourself in some way, right? Yeah. And, um, And it was useful for me to get that experience for a while. It was just a very useful time. But after a while, I felt like I wanted to work more on a higher level of optimizing life, not just bringing people sort of out of the trenches. And so then what I did was I went part-time and I started a private practice in Thailand and I did that for a while and then I moved to, to Bali after that. Yeah, so that's, long story short, that's how I got to Bali.
0: That's amazing and I just want to commend you on all of that because I know it's very difficult, especially, you know, you studied traditional psychotherapy and psychology and social work and to be able to have the, the foresight, but also the openness to, to um, acknowledge the powerful interventions, like, like lifestyle interventions, like nutrition and breath work and, and movement and Mm -hmm. sunshine. I know it's, you know in in the traditional sense those things and even the word holistic may seem woo woo yes,
1: and i don't yes. know i don't
0: know if you have struggled with that in like relate you know in even if you speak to i don't know other professionals in the field or other uh colleagues of yours that may have not necessarily utilized such interventions i don't know if you've ever struggled with that like woo woo nature i mean i suppose you know, compared to South Africa, I would assume that Thailand and Bali are a bit more conducive to utilising such holistic practices.
1: Um. Well, yes and no. Not necessarily. Right? So, can you hear me? No,
0: yeah. I'm saying I'm uh, not
1: necessarily. Yeah. Yes and no. Because you. Um. So when I was working in the centres in Thailand, I wasn't working with local people. I was working with people that flew out there specifically for treatment, and so these are um, they're, they're Westerners, right, with a very Western mind, a lot of them were very successful, and part of that success was with the, with a very Western thinking and approach, right, so, and then also a lot of my colleagues, yes, um, more of a focus on, uh, just sort of the traditional way, and, yeah they, they were wa- there were some people that did feel that when you could see you know you can sort of sense what someone's opinion is of your perspective right even if they don't outrightly say it you can see it on someone's body language or um their tone of voice or or 100 um, percent. yeah and so you i could sense that some people doesn't they don't necessarily respect a body focused holistic approach all right because um they that goes against the time investment that they made in the traditional approach right so they've spent all of these years um getting super qualified in that approach and they just think like well no just talk more or just like you know more cbt more um understanding what happened and don't get me wrong i really truly strongly believe in talk therapy and in cognitive behavioral approaches and the power of telling your story in a safe space. I truly um, believe that there's power in that, but it's not enough, right? It's not enough. And what what I came to find was that in the more severe cases where clients were really spiraling out of control, talking about it first, wasn't always the best approach, right? So the best approach was getting grounded first. The best approach was actually just learning some body focused skills to calm down first. Then it became easier to actually talk about it and to look at, okay, what happened? How did we get here, right? And so what I came to find was that, um, you know, results speak for themselves, right? So when, um, when you see somebody spiraling out of control, and that a body focused approach helps them calm down, like that speaks for itself. It's it's clear that there's something there. So even for the naysayers, it's like, yeah, you can disagree with it on your intellectual level, but there's um, there's no denying that when we have a, when we try to fix things on the level of the body, if someone can start to get moving, someone can start to eat less processed food, someone can start to connect more meaningfully in an uplifting community, then things get better.
0: Yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree with you more. And like, I'm so passionately outspoken about this because this really mimics my experience i had mm-hmm. struggled my whole life with as i was speaking to you in the pre-chat with severe anxiety anorexia and bulimia and since i was a little girl i was in therapy i was going to every specialist under the sun i was trying all the medications like i was talking myself to the freaking bone i was literally talking myself until i was blue and i can talk and talk and talk and talk which yes i am so grateful because it's developed such an insightful uh, Self awareness within myself, and that is such a vital tool in this world to have. Is to be so mm. internally conscious and aware. However, it only gets you to a certain point, exactly. and i a certain
1: point, and then, and yeah, then it leads you to there. You're there yeah, with your and
0: <laughs> exactly. And I was slowly and surely, and quite rapidly, just getting more and more out of whack and just going deeper and deeper and deeper. And yeah, I was also, I was in and out of hospitals and clinics for a very long time. And as you mentioned earlier, like when you're in a clinic there, you are literally in the the deepest, darkest place. Mm. And you're literally just trying to cling onto absolutely anything and everything Mm. just to like, keep you afloat. And I really appreciate you speaking about like body therapy and almost reverse engineering your mental health and I know I'm I'm sure you've heard of Dr. Daniel Amen but I often cite him a lot and he he speaks about um, likening the the body to hardware and the mind to software and Mm -hmm. in order to get to the software you like if your hardware is not functioning optimally there's no possible way that you can get to the software and expect for it so I really appreciate the work that you're, you know, bringing about in let's try other interventions that can stabilize your body. Because as as we've both alluded to, especially when you're in such a dark space, you just need to stabilize. And I think I also appreciate the work, for example, of Andrew Huberman, just with the breath alone, oh, the power yeah, of amazing. utilizing your breath. Yeah, just the power of your of breath work and how that can help. And I think- in and of itself, what I'm trying to say is that we cannot compartmentalize the body and just think that talk therapy is just about the mind. And we cannot just think that, you know, it's separate to the body because of course it's actually not. And I think any intervention that can help any aspect of your body or your health will have a domino effect into all aspects of your health. And if you had to view us just again, like we can't be so myopic in like, let me just deal with the mind today for this hour <laughs> and then you know like go to the specialist for my I don't know eye or whatever it is so yeah,
1: yeah I, think I don't know we started speaking about that before we started recording right just this I mentioned this idea that like we so often neglect the body but actually the body's like the it's the place where it's all happening right every trauma that you experience, your body has been there witnessing it every um every limited belief, wherever it started, your body was there with you, right, and also like if we're talking in terms of mental health, a lot of our serotonin is made in the gut, right, so that's a direct correlation to to your, to the happy feelings, right, the happy hormones, and it's it's just a very lacking approach when we neglect the body, so finding ways to to share this more to make it more accessible to people that hey if you're struggling there's actually something you can do that's practical that can help you feel better you can if you can find a way to move find a way to move your body right whether it's through youtube yoga videos or um joining a hiking group or um Whatever it is, body weight exercises, whatever whatever floats your boat, dancing. What whatever is accessible and that you can actually integrate into your routine, finding something like that, and also cleaning up as much as possible, like within within reason, cleaning up your diet, just trying to eat more real food. You can you can feel better, all right? it's, it's, it's totally possible to feel better. It's, it's within within your power.
0: Yeah. And I think this speaks to the mysticism attached to mental health, which is another topic that I am like so outspoken about because it's so easy to get a diagnosis and then you like succumb to that diagnosis and you think, oh my God, I'm broken or I've got a chemical imbalance. There's (laughs) an
1: aspect of a self-fulfilling prophecy there. It's why I often I don't I'm not always in a quick hurry to give a diagnosis because Yes. Say, for instance, you give someone a bipolar diagnosis. So maybe that's where you are in this. That's a picture of where you are right now, right? But that can change, right? That can change. You can make changes. You can. It's not permanent. It's not like, um, like, oh, that's just what I am and what I will be forever right? So sometimes the problem with diagnosis is that, okay, so this, this diagnosis and I have a chemical imbalance in the brain and you, you take a pill, which by the way, a lot of antidepressants really have a negative effect on gut health, right? So it's just, and, and then gut health in turn affects mental health, right? So um, people get prescribed onto these pills, you, you've given your diagnosis and then it's just like, so, For some people it can be a life sentence it can be a life sentence in that it's like oh now this is just what i am and for some it's even taken as a little bit of an excuse right not all of course but for some people it's 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 almost a cop-out like oh this is my issue whereas actually no we're fluid right you didn't um just come to be that way certain events happen there's a certain chemistry within your body as a result of your environment and how you've been treating yourself and these things are malleable it's changeable and when we just sort of stick with the old traditional way of like okay medication and and without even discussing lifestyle it's it's a dead end road because even medication is amazing as well because it can save lives right it can sometimes be the difference between living and not living it's prevented a lot of suicides and we've got to commend it for that but it's not enough it's it's and it's not a long-term fix you've also got to change the way that you're living the way that you have been living has resulted in whatever situation it is that you're in so if it's a situation that you like you're like oh things are great well that's in a direct response to how you've been living, what you've been eating, who you've been spending time with, how you've been moving. All right. So if you like it, great, keep doing that. Right. But if things are if things don't feel good, if it's completely overwhelming, if you're not okay, you can change how you move. You can change who you spend time with and what you put into your body and what you expose yourself to. There's and there's this power in knowing that. This power in knowing that. It's not a life sentence. Whatever diagnosis you may have had or you may get in the future, it's it's not a life sentence. You can actually make changes. Yeah, I think that's a very,
0: very important point for everyone. If this is if there's one thing that you can take away from this episode, is that the only constant is change. And like as you were saying, and in fact, Lotta and I speak about this all the time, our bodies are always responding the way that they should under the circumstances that they're in. Mm-hmm. And I just released an episode earlier, and I, I spoke a bit about this in that nothing is insignificant. And there's always a root cause for something happening in that, for example, specifically mental health, or bipolar or depression, it doesn't just happen. Like mm-hmm. there's a root cause and the root cause is a combination of, of biological and environmental and social factors all at once, all at play, all the time. And to become your, your own detective in that is kind of empowering and also extremely like rewarding and insightful because it's like, it's again, you, it's that word empowering.
1: It's your personal responsibility yeah. to look into what's going on with you. And it's your personal responsibility to try to do the best that you can with that.
0: Yeah. And I just want to highlight again, what you had said is that we have the power to, to adapt and change and our bodies are malleable. I think that's very, very, very important.
1: So you're in recovery from anorexia. How long have you been in recovery? And what you said, you mentioned this idea that there is something at the root of it. What for you was at the root of your suffering?
0: Yeah. So I think again, many, many factors at play. So I would say that my recovery truly began when I was introduced to, well, two, two major things happened. I was accepted into a musical theater academy. That was a huge game changer for me because I, after school, I'd, you know, began to study quite a few different things and I, my body just, I couldn't, I just couldn't complete them. I just fell more and more ill with the anorexia. And that was just like, almost like my body was just not able to cope and clearly my body was not happy in whatever I was mm. forcing it to do. And then, so yeah, I got accepted into this musical theater Academy, but just before I even found out about the musical theater Academy, I was introduced to the carnival diet and okay. overnight I, my brain switched on yeah. and I have never looked back ever, ever, ever since. So that's also why I I started this podcast because yeah. Something as powerful as looking at the food that you're eating. I mean, just the nutrition piece mm-hmm. alone. And again, we've spoken of, I mean, there's so many tenants of health. There's sleep, there's mm-hmm. movement, there's community, uh, there's purpose, there's all these things. But the nutrition piece alone has... Nutrition
1: is so important. Yeah. Yes, it definitely is.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I was introduced to the carnival diet at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. And I've never looked back ever since and yeah it's 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 a five-year
1: journey for you
0: yeah yeah and I would say it skyrocketed in lockdown even more so because you know I was still (sighs) until I found podcasts and I actually began to educate myself on for example why ketogenesis and the carnival diet even worked for me before that point I was just you know new, new to recovery. And of course the eating disorder would get away with things and et cetera, et cetera. But like when I actually found podcasts in the middle of lockdown and I began to listen to like people like, you know, Paul Celadino and Kanye and um, Chris Palmer and gosh, all the Sean Baker, Amber O'Hearn. Oh my gosh. They, I, I just began to educate myself. And then also, I think forcing myself to hear doctors and professionals and researchers speak And Mm. because for a very long time, the word healthy was a very triggering word for me, like Mm. for my eating disorder, all that meant was, oh, my gosh, you're just going to get fatter. Like, that's what healthy means. Did you have severe
1: body dysmorphia?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, it's still something that I do struggle with, Mm. Um, but nowhere near to what it used to be like. I mean, I think the biggest what I was trying to say is just I almost like tricked my internal narrative. And I for the first time, I. Mm healthy was actually cool and I wanted to be healthy yeah. and that yeah. was the huge shift and that's when I like upped my carnival game even more because I wasn't eating enough fat and I was still even though I was carnivore, I wasn't eating as much red meat I was still you know being cautionary and eating more leaner cuts of meat because of course mm. I had this fear of calories that is just completely mm. yeah but anyway yeah so after I educated myself even more about the I uh, like Things have just completely, yeah, I've come back to life and even more. So I'm super yeah. grateful.
1: Okay, so I just want to make a little note for anybody who's listening about the carnivore diet. So if you feel that that's too extreme for you, um, or that, or if you feel that um, it's too expensive, right? So for some people, it's very expensive to to just eat meat, especially for, for the diet to be really effective, you're supposed to have good quality meat, so I just want to point out the importance of knowing that there are different options, and a good one is bone broth, right? because you can get bones at a butcher for not that expensive, and you can easily google online how to make bone broth, and this is sort of a way to even if you can't take on all, if you, if you feel, oh, I can't make such extreme lifestyle changes, that's impossible for me. Then you don't try to do the impossible. You just try to integrate something that's gonna help. And what I love about bone broth is that it's affordable. You can, you can just try to make it at home. You don't have to buy it. You can make it at home. The, the ingredients are not expensive. And it really, really helps with inflammation And just with what it gives that, um, that boost to the gut that really calms the nervous system. And even if you are not a big meat eater, it gives you some of that um, collagen, all the really super good stuff. So I just wanted to put that out there for anybody who's hearing the words carnivore and thinking, oh my God, that's so extreme. That's so not me. There are other ways that you can integrate ancestral healing without it having to be extreme.
0: I really appreciate that. And I I mean, to add to that, also organ meat is also relatively inexpensive. And to be honest, I have pretty much 99% of the time eaten just grain fed meats and roasts Mm. are, you know, like the tougher cuts of meat that you can slow cook are also a lot cheaper. But Mm. I think I'm also of the opinion yeah, carnival for me has just been absolutely a game changer, but I'm really in the camp of just whole foods. I think if anyone can just begin by beginning to like, read the labels of the food products that they're buying and just making sure that they don't come with a whole lot of preservative and ingredients that you can't even pronounce. I think even that as a first start is such a game changer for people. I've seen so many amazing anecdotes just on cutting out, you know, food-like products, i.e. processed foods. cutting
1: out processed foods. So I would say sort of just like if we're going to go to just a just the basics right cutting out vegetable oils it sounds healthy because oh vegetable oil, but no it's, it's it's really bad for you like i'm talking margarine yeah. the the those those things so bad for you so replacing those bad fats with healthy fats right so for for if you're in the carnivore world it's the it's the tallow it's the it's just using sort of like the the oil, if, you, if you're making your own bone broth, the, the fat that's, that comes at the top. The rendered fats, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Egg yolks, um, butter. Yes, those, those are the things that like, um, so, so cutting out the processed foods. Don't, setting yourself up for success, right? Saying that like, hey, if I don't buy something, there's a bigger chance I won't eat it. So don't buy the, the two-minute noodles, the, the super processed stuff. It's, it's easier to resist when it isn't there as an option. And just if you're gonna try to just initially to just see what what can I eliminate, what what's the worst things here that I can eliminate, and what can I replace it with, and it also yeah. really helps to have support. So if you're trying to make some changes, it's super difficult to do it alone. So if you can find mm. a friend or if you can get your partner on the bandwagon, um, that really helps because if you can plug into a community, you're gonna there's the chances of you actually sticking to it is much higher because it's actually really difficult for humans to make changes. It's, it's, it takes a lot of energy, it's really hard. And um, so if you've been struggling with making changes, I just wanna acknowledge anyone listening to that, if you've been trying to make changes and it didn't work for you, it's not that you're weak or useless or anything like that. It is just objectively really hard to make changes, especially if you're not supported so yeah try to set yourself up for success by finding that support.
0: yeah that's a very very good point and I also just want to reiterate to everyone like you are not alone and there is help out there so um yeah I think that's also because it's very easy to just feel alone in this especially when you're taking conscience and just beginning to curate the life and that you want it's it can be difficult for those around you as well and it can also bring up an array of emotions inside of them as well mm. um so yeah but you brought up when you were speaking about processed foods and sugar etc you brought up another point that I would also just like to briefly uh point out is that also that's um is yeah the point is about blood glucose because i remember whenever i was in a eating disorder clinic like it was just junk food a lot of the time and like even in a normal psychiatric ward, you know, like the food and even in a hospital, oh my gosh, the food that people are given. It's um awful. it's almost it's, it's ironic. It's it's like they're given the food that is brought them in there essentially. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart. But just with blood glucose alone, I mean
1: so let's just clarify for anyone listening who doesn't yeah. understand what it is. Blood glucose means the level of blood sugar in your body, right? So mm. if you've had sugar in your tea or if you've had a a refined carbohydrate like white bread, pasta, as soon as you eat something like this, it causes a spike in your blood glucose or blood sugar. And this is the more spikes like this that you have, the more detrimental it is for your health. But yeah, anyway, yes. carry on.
0: No, that's great because um, out of the three macronutrients, carbohydrates have the, the, the most significant effect on blood glucose. Then it's protein that has... Does have an effect on blood glucose, but not nearly as much as carbs. Mm. And fat basically has no um, Mm. effect on your blood glucose levels. And the thing with blood glucose is that any spike, any like increase and decrease, which does happen specifically with high carbohydrate foods, Mm. that has a direct effect on your mood and your mental stability.
1: It causes these crashes.
0: Yes. So that's what I was experiencing daily when I was in a clinic. And that Mm. didn't do any help for my anxiety in fact I've heard oh. I think it was her and speak about this is that some people actually just have dysregulated blood glucose and they are get told that they have but that they've got bipolar
1: like yes, that that can that's be the huge. in some cases yeah, yeah that, I'm not saying all
0: I'm not saying all but I mean just something as simple as being able to almost optimized for your blood glucose level so whatever you're eating make sure to have some protein and fat with that because Mm. that will mitigate the blood glucose response and that has a direct mentally like stability it will give you stability to your blood glucose levels and you won't necessarily feel these spike ups and
1: downs so that's the thing it does really having lots of chocolates and junk food and all these things it does cause these spikes which has a direct effect on your mood and it's so tricky right because a lot of people are are eating these things because they're, they're in a funk they're not feeling good and the temporary high that you get from emotional eating and i have so much compassion for that it's really it's uh it's really hard right so it is people are it is so hard well and then getting into that cycle so i just while we're on the topic of blood glucose i just want to make a few suggestions again for people who feel they can't go extreme it's i'm they're like this zero why i'm doing 100% meat and 100% just giving up all the joy because for some people it's like that's the little moment of joy right so I want to say that there are ways that you can cause that glucose spike to be a softer smaller curve right so for example if you're having a piece of cake and you just have that piece of cake on an empty stomach it causes a massive spike Right. So then you feel great for a little moment, very short lived while it's in your mouth. And then afterwards is a crash. And then there's a, there's a um, sort of a continued effect on your gut health and on your mood. Right. So you're actually in terms of what you're getting out of it, you're losing more than you're getting. But say, for instance, you're like, well, I need to have that today. Or if it's, oh, it's like it's a it's a celebration. It's a birthday cake, whatever it is. And you understand, okay, we need to find ways to have less of these glucose spikes. There are ways um, you can use apple cider vinegar before, right? So there's lots of studies that show how apple cider vinegar just lowers that spike. Also, you can layer your food. So you can have some proteins first. Or for those who are not carnivore-inspired, greens really help. So by greens, I mean any kind of vegetable. If you layer that first before the bad stuff, the spike is less bad um so again this is just sort of just bringing in a little bit of realism that hey if you can't make those extreme changes you you can it's it's not all or nothing you can find ways to take maybe you can't take the best best care of yourself and of what you eat but you can take better care Mm. right so um so just putting that out there and these are also thank you There's a lot of resources out there just for lowering the glucose spikes. And we need this because so many people right now, all around the world, are getting type 2 diabetes very early. And this is a lifestyle disease. It's a lifestyle Mm. disease that can be completely reversible as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. It's reversible, but a lot of the time, people are put on medication and Mm. not necessarily pushed as hard to make the lifestyle changes. And the problem with the medication is your blood work stays the same, right? So you just don't feel as sick, but um under the hood, you're still continuously getting sick. So for Mm. those who don't and it also comes it also comes.
0: No, I was going to say it comes with an array
1: of side effects as well. Yes, there's side effects exactly. There are side effects, right? Whereas guess what? Moving your body and eating clean all the side effects are good, right? But yes, it's hard. So find a community. Find a community or start a community, um, but set yourself up that you can get better at taking care of yourself. Because here's the thing, guys, you're stuck with you, right? Um, You're stuck with you until everything else, you really don't know what may or may not change. But until you leave this world, you're here and you're with you, so you might as well try to take care of yourself And try to make the journey as good as possible, right? And I know earlier we touched on this idea that you're not alone. And I'm gonna be a little controversial. I'm gonna say, well, you're not, but also you really are, right? Mm -hmm. Your life is really just up to you. And yes, you can seek help, but that's up to you to seek it. Nobody's going to save you. Nobody's going to fix everything for you. You are really responsible for your life. And a big part of that is how you treat your body, right? But the sad thing is we weren't taught this. We don't get taught this in school. We don't get taught how to communicate. We don't get taught how to take care of ourselves, right? So it's very sad that we're sort of thrown into the abyss of living and getting busy and without the basic skills and understanding of what's needed to strive, right? But now we have the internet. There's so much access to information. And you can teach yourself and take responsibility and show up for yourself by connecting to appropriate communities that, that can support you and by educating yourself, because education is empowering. If you know more, you can be more hopeful. If you're more hopeful, the chances of you changing your behavior is much higher. Yeah.
0: So beautifully said, thank you. Thank you so much. I I couldn't have said that better myself and you were just so articulate. So really, I think, I I hope that's really helped someone out there. Um, Before I ask you your last question, and again, thank you so much for coming on the show and for giving us Mm -hmm. some of your time. Where can people find you and follow the amazing work that you do?
1: Um, You can find me on Instagram. My handle is somatictherapy.co and that's also my website. It's um, somatictherapy.co Um, I'll also be starting a YouTube channel quite soon. I was actually planning to start one during COVID, but then I got so busy with work that it didn't happen. And now I'm kind of at this place where I've realized, okay, I I actually just need to hire some help because I do want to share a bit more of my message and I've realized I can't do everything alone. So um, there's a YouTube channel coming up soon. But the easiest way to find me is on somatictherapy.co, which is my Instagram. And also my email is neuron at Yeah, that's how to find me.
0: Thank you so much. It's very exciting. I'll eagerly await your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And for your last question, if you could put anything on a billboard for the entire world to see, what would it be?
1: Put it there. It's a good question. Behave as if you loved yourself. I love that so much. That's powerful. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much for having me. It was really good to have this conversation with you. And yeah, maybe I can see you the next time I visit Cape Town. So oh, then, that would be amazing. If you ever visit Bali, I'm here. Um, you're welcome to. Hit me up if you want any recommendations.
0: Amazing. Thank you. I am manifesting this. Bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. What were some of your top takeaways? If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share, share, share. Sharing, liking, subscribing, and giving a rating and review are the lifelines of any podcast and really help grow the show and make it more accessible to more people. Don't forget about your special 10% discount on any Oxford Healthspan product when you enter KELSEY, K-E-L-S-E-Y, as the discount code at checkout. A link will be in the show notes. And if you would like to do any Nutrition Network course, do check out a special affiliate link as well which will be in the show notes. And until next time, stay safe, stay real. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Human Theatre. I hope you learned something new. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and give a rating or a review on whatever app you are listening to this podcast on. I would love to hear your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram or via email. All the links are in the show notes. Remember, you are your most important person in this world. Keep shining your unique light. Until next time.